Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new Redefining Technology podcast. Standing on two feet, having dexterous hands, developing a language that allows us to communicate, and the ability to understand abstract concepts. These are all part of the equation of humanity. Still, it is the capacity to create tools and advance the technology that has allowed us to thrive on this planet, and maybe on others. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to a new Redefining Technology podcast here on ITSP Magazine. This is Sean Martin. I'm flying solo today. No Marco joining me. Um, But I I feel we're going to have a conversation full of goodness, even without Marco's presence, because I have uh, the one and only Dr. Jonathan Reichenthal. Um, John, Jonathan, how are you? I'm good. It's good to see you, Sean. I I always enjoy our, our conversations. I know. I know we, we've had many here on the show. Uh, you as a guest, you as a host, always bringing uh, good things to uh, to our audience to get them to think, which is what uh, what our network is all about. And for redefining technology, it's all about looking at how bits of technology uh, can be used to shape how we do business, how we live our lives, and and vice versa, how those things should drive technology and perhaps even pull the reins on technology when when it's necessary mm-hmm. and uh i think when i'm going to start here before before you like let you say a few words about yourself that just the idea that technology for me when i think about it from at the surface level or the my immediate thought is systems and applications um, hardware and software and I, I think perhaps maybe we often forget that the data is part of this mm. big technology world. And I don't know if that's just coming to light more often now uh, with things like chat GPT and other things, but um, mm. data is a big part of it. And that's what we're talking about today is data governance. And uh, I don't know if we're going to look at ownership and, and, uh, and sovereignty and policy and who knows what, what we're going to get into here. And that's, that's why I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going <laughs> to look at this from all different angles and maybe a bunch more, but first, who knows? who knows, Jonathan, uh, a bit about yourself. I know we're here uh, on the heels of a new book, Data Governance for Dummies, and yep. uh, we're going to talk a bit about that as well as part, of, as part of the bigger view of data governance. So a few words about you who haven't heard you on the show before. Sure. Yeah. No, thanks for that. Uh, great comments already. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of 30 years now in, in tech and uh, tech leadership worked for several different types of organizations, a big consulting firm for a long time, uh, then a media company, then a city. I worked uh, in government for seven years, which was an incredible experience. We did a lot of interesting things there. And then about five years ago, I 
uh, broke out on my own and have a little organization here in Silicon Valley called Human Future. Big part of what I do is education, right? It's helping people understand new technology. Uh, and then there's an advisory piece to that. So it's one thing to tell people and help people understand, but then they ask you, can you help us? <laughs> right? And so uh, myself and some of my partners, we go in and we help cities uh, and private organizations and all types of organizations actually try to implement and, and build strategy around uh, using uh, particularly technologies and new technologies to advance their, their, their you know, whatever the goals are. Um, I'm also involved in, in universities. I'm a professor at several universities, including the University of San Francisco, create videos for LinkedIn Learning, and I write books, which is why we're here together today. I love it. You're, you're very prolific with the, the content, uh, all paying it forward, uh, which I love. <laughs> and right. so I'm, so I'm going to take you back in time a bit uh, throughout some of your experiences, um, kind of to my point on how we view technology and versus and in relation to data as part of that technology picture. How, yeah. how have things changed over time? And, and maybe where do we sit today? with respect to data as, as a part of a bigger picture of technology? Yeah, I think that's the right question. Uh, some folks ask me, you know, uh, is this new, what you're talking about? Is data governance and data management new? And the answer is no. You know, we, we've been managing and governing data for decades, you know, since the start of the information age, you know, right from the, the 1950s and 1960s uh, onwards. Uh, so this is not a new topic. So I'm not breaking news here with a book about data governance. What's happened, though, just in the last few years is there has been a transformation in the, you know, the volume, variety and velocity of data, something that really helps us define what we call now as big data, the sheer volume and the, the richness of the data that organizations have to consume, the data that organizations produce have to store, have to protect and manage. So let's put some numbers on that, right? We are now in the zettabyte era. <laughs> now you're, you're, you're in this, you're in tech and you get that. A lot of people hear that word and like, I've never heard of, uh, of, of that, right? I've heard of megabytes and gigabytes. I've even heard of terabytes, but I've never heard of a zettabyte. So what, what's a zettabyte? Well, you can go into a store today and, and, and buy a terabyte drive, a one terabyte drive. To get one zettabyte, you'd have to buy a billion of those. Okay, so it's a billion terabyte drives gives you a, a zettabyte. It's one with 21 zeros. And right now, annually, we're producing around 100 zettabytes as a society. And that's going to double in the next two years uh, and, and, and will continue to increase. Um, so organizations have to think about, well, on the back office, how do we protect that, right? Uh, that volume and scale, you know, the, 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 the sheer and the speed at which it's, it's all being generated and uh, we're having to work with it is, is, you know, off the charts relative to even five years ago. Um, so on the back office, are we protecting it? Do we have cybersecurity in place? Is it kept private, you know? Um, and many other aspects on the sort of, uh, outward facing view is, are we as an organization using data to grow the business, to innovate, to understand our customers and our marketplace? So I think that's what's changed. We've sort of turned a corner 
And data has moved from being sort of this interesting and important part of our world to being now the most important asset in every organization. And by the way, having researched and written this book over the last year, I confidently say that, right? A year ago, I don't know if I would have said it's the most important asset today. I'm okay saying that. And, uh, and, and my last point would be to your question, look, 90% or more of leaders want to be, want to build data-driven organizations. So this is a need. And, and as we look out over the next 12 to 18 months, you know, over 30% of organizations are going to be investing heavily in uh, data governance tools, training, and processes. So it, it's we've turned a corner. This is a big deal, and it's only going to get bigger in the years ahead. Yeah, I love it. And, and, and before we get into some of the the, the governance stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one more moment to keep us in the past. And I remember back in the day, I'm gonna date myself or age myself here. Uh, AS400 and JD Edwards and and uh, OS360, not OS. Yes. Yeah, 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 OS360. <laughs> yeah. But these mainframe like and, and mainframe actual systems that did purpose built things with specific sets of data and they were connected together in a specific way and they're fairly self-contained. I mean, in, in my early days, I was, I was responsible for connecting them to windows machines and, and networks <laughs> across the, uh, across the nation, which was fun um, in different applications. But I guess my point is, it's not a specific data set. There are multiple data sources, uh, gazillions amounts of uh, metadata that gets involved yep. and tons of applications connecting presumably through APIs, doing things with and to and around <laughs> all this yes. data. So, so all of that to me says business has changed as well. So I don't know if, if in the context of looking at data, how has business changed over the years yeah uh radically you know every organization is a technology organization today in some way uh, you know it is it possible to run a business today or any organization without tech at the core i don't think so you know whether you're you know running a farm or an airport or a factory or a, even a small retail store uh, you're using tech you're using digital tools um, and that's the big change it's the digital transformation of business and organizations. Um, you know, we were we were back just not so long ago, barely a few decades. You know, we had the first uh, you know uh, sort of phase of the web, right, which was just sort of static pages. We called it Web point one point zero. Then we we saw an experience that's moving to Web two point zero, which was sort of the interactive web. Um, well, now clearly we're in. A, a third wave of the of the internet and the web where uh, everything's getting connected and you know more and more people of course but more and more things so things are producing data the internet of things your thermostat us right now you sean you and i on this podcast together just this event that we're having together here is generating enormous volumes of data so yeah that that's the big shift is the analog to digital the uh, atoms to bits, you know, making that change. And it's not just about taking, you know, paper processes and making digital. What the digital transformation has done over the last, let's say, five years and will continue to do is reinvent business. It, it's about reinventing how we deliver business. And the underlying engine, the the new oil of all that, sorry, sorry to, to use such a cliche, 
but uh, it's a good one, is, uh, is, is data. And data is, is, the, is not only the input to this, but it's also the product of all of this. Yeah, and I know, uh, know somebody who has a personal fee. He actually does it for as a business, but he has a personal bee farm where he's collecting honey. And it, it's completely decked out digitally. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess to, to your point, it, it's not just turning paper into machines and, yes. and, and data. It's what we see and what we hear and what we, what we taste perhaps even at some point and, and mm. how we feel about all of that uh, can come together digitally. Now, where I want to take us is so with that, with that stage set, um, there was clearly a need for you, well, not a need for you, a need in, in the, the market for help with data governance. So what were kind of the drivers for you to yeah. write this book? Who are you targeting it to and, and what were some of the challenges they were facing that you think this book would, would help? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting storyline, uh, how I got to the point of writing this book. You know, it's one of those things, if you think back a few years in your life and and, and you were thinking, would I have anticipated what I'm doing right now, you know, back then? Um, I, I don't think I would have guessed I was going to write a data governance for dummies book. Uh, but then, you know, now I can reflect a little bit and say, well, probably that was where things were headed. Um, look, I, I've been in tech 30 years, so data and data management, and to some degree, data governance has just been part of my life. And having been a, a chief information officer and chief technology officer twice in two completely different organizations, uh, you know, I got my hands dirty on on uh, every aspect of tech. I mean, every single aspect. And, uh, and I was a person, and I continue to be a person who uh, likes to get into the weeds. I, I do like to still build things and, and, and still understand how things uh, work. So data has been a big part of my life. Back in about 2016, uh, I was starting to do uh, video courses working with LinkedIn on their LinkedIn learning platform. By the way, at the time, I think it was called Linda. Uh, Linda was the name, and then uh, LinkedIn bought them, and then Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Um, but they kept they kept the name LinkedIn Learning. I do a video, I do videos for them, and they asked me to do one on data governance. And so I said, yeah, I, I think I can. I think I can write uh, an hour long video course about that. And um, I knew enough, and then I thought, hey, everything I don't know, I can research and, and figure out. And I, I pulled it together, and it, it became actually a very successful video course. Recently, I did a new version of it because you have to refresh these videos, otherwise they get stale quickly. And it continues to be, and actually it's growing in, in popularity because the topic is, is growing. And so that was sort of the beginning of my sort of getting deep into this topic of, of data governance. But I, you know, I, I did many other things uh, since then. And then about four years, three years ago, I got uh, a book deal with uh, Wiley, the big education publisher globally and at the time they wanted me actually to write about the future of cities and so i ended up writing smart cities for dummies uh, the dummies platform by the way is people probably don't quite um, know how big and impactful it is uh, you know to date they've published 250 million books wow. you know it's the biggest reference series in the world in history and, and so um, very popular in the United States. Probably every home has at least one dummies book in the United States. Um, and not as popular outside, but it's, it's in, in North America, it's extremely popular, as you know. And, you know, I, di I didn't write 
smart cities for dummies, if you like. I wrote a book about the future of cities uh, as I would have written under any brand, under any label. Um, I just like the platform of the dummies book. Um, in the meantime, I, I, I wrote also a few children's books. And, and then my, uh, my contact at Wiley reached out to me and said, hey, we noticed that you've had some success with data governance and, and you know a bit about the topic. You're teaching it and you've got your video course and um, we're interested in writing a data governance for dummies book. Would you, would you like to do that? So they gave me the offer and, and you know, uh, it was the right time and, and, and the right opportunity. And I said, yeah, I think I can write a decent book. Hey, I'll tell you one thing, which is interesting. When, right. when, when the guy reached out to me, he said, would you write this book? And, you know, typically dummies books are, 300, 400 pages, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty big, uh, you know, detailed books. Most of them are. And I said to the guy, uh, my contact, I said, I'm happy to do this, but I don't think I can write, you know, 200, maybe 250 pages on data governance. I'm not sure there's enough. Well, I ended up writing a 300 page book on data governance. <laughs> there is enough to write about. There is enough, uh, cool stuff. And, and of course, I, I look at things like artificial intelligence and uh, Internet of Things, some of the things we might touch on. Um, so I do take the big picture uh, view of it. And so that's how I got to, to writing it. And the audience is, well, look, there's a huge amount of people who do data governance for a living. Right. And, and, and part of the reason why the book is valuable is it, it can help all of those people. Um, there's an interesting stat. Ninety percent of organizations fail on their first attempt at data governance. 90%. So it doesn't always go so well. I wanted to write a book that could help everybody be successful, right? Um, then there's... Well, let's, let's, yeah. let's go there and then then, okay. then we can talk about some of the other other uh, audience uh, types. Sure. But so, because one of the questions I had is, is the is the goal for, because with the dummy's name <laughs> right on the platform, you, you, one might think, well, I don't have, I don't know anything about data governance. Um, that may be one audience and maybe this helps with that, but for, for those who are in this space, my question you, to you is going to be, is it about resetting, retooling, rebuilding, or is it a matter of tuning and, and polishing? Or what, what are some of the things that you present that might help this, this particular audience? Yeah, well, for sure, this will help anybody who is new to the topic. So that's a given, right? And that, that's what you, you uh, were saying. Um, you know, if you think about a tech career, uh, like a lot of careers, sometimes we have been promoted into a role or we've evolved into a role. We haven't had formal education. Maybe we've not been, uh, had visibility to, to sort of formal methodologies. And maybe even, even if we had those, perhaps we haven't been exposed to uh, contemporary success. Like what, what, what are the best ways to do things, the best practices? Um, so, there is an element of the book, which is even if you're doing this for a living, uh, this is the state of the art. The book will tell you what is happening today and what is succeeding for organizations. So it could be, as you say, a little bit of um, redefining technology, which is in your title. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> as in, hey, you know what? We're doing it like this. It's going to okay, but hey, this kind of global best practice around data governance Maybe how we do uh, structure our um, sort of table of organization of people who need to be involved. Maybe we can rejig that because we'll have more success if we if we can get that right. Um, 
perhaps a better understanding of uh, how policies are are constructed today in a more in a world where there are more regulatory requirements right and where cybersecurity is uh, much, much more of a priority than it was even just a decade or so ago. Um, so there is definitely a, a, a high volume, a high degree of uh, value for existing people um, who, who practice this every day. But the ecosystem is large. I mean, you know, the, 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 I want to be able to convince CEOs that data is their most valuable asset. And, and here's how you can make that happen. Do, do the data governance people, do they know that they're the data governance people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, just, I'm, is there a time where, I don't know if some percentage, but where somebody's in a role doing a number of things with technology and some business processes trying to reach some outcome and in there is an element of data governance. And then of course, <laughs> there's, there's the opposite spectrum where somebody's hired as the data governance officer or data protection officer or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I think all that exists uh, in, in organizations. It becomes, this is quite intuitive, right? As a company gets bigger, it gets more formal. Um, and the more regulated your business is, the more formal it is. Like if you're, if you're in the healthcare industry, you really care about data governance because you can get into a lot of trouble. There's the fines, you know, and the penalties. And uh, there's, there's a lot of negative impacts if you don't actually follow uh, some core data governance principles. Small businesses, you know, startup doesn't care. Does it have types? No, you know that. It's like because <laughs> startup, everybody does everything, right? Uh, you know, uh, really does everything. Um, uh, and so, at the you know the, the the large banks, the large hospitals, the the, the big companies, um, they're doing different forms of data governance, data management. This will help them even make it better. It'll also remind and position them to think of data governance as a way to grow the business and to innovate. And that's where I like to stress that there's value here beyond just the cybersecurity, the back office things. Important, but CEOs don't really care about that stuff. They just want people to take care of it. What they really care about is how do we grow the business? How do we uh, continue to be relevant? How do we sustain the business? And that's where I, I spend time because that's the real you know, added value. Where we don't see data governance done well is in the mid-tier, the sort of medium-sized businesses. They need to be doing something, right? And it could be to your point that, you know, somebody has the job of, if you like, um, well, look, if you have any title around security, you know, you're you're, you're in data governance. <laughs> you are just by default. Like if your if your job requires you to um, do system administration where you give access to or take access away you're kind of in the data governance business straight away so yeah you don't need the title to be doing the work um, as data increasingly becomes the core of every organization's success or at least the biggest contributor towards it um, more focus will be on formalizing the roles and uh, putting structure to it i think that's where we're headed yeah, the structure piece, and <clears throat> I mean, as you're as you're talking there, uh, thinking about uh, somebody in the security or the the IT admin roles. Oftentimes, and we've done it to ourselves in this in this industry, those are kind of inward looking, right? Yeah. 
my, my job is to keep that system up and running. And, and I may be told that there's a policy or regulation or a standard that I have to adhere to, but it's still all inward looking. And I, I feel that sometimes we miss kind of the outward view of here, here's what's possible with data if we use it securely in the right way. And there's a lot of talk about digital transformation and move to the cloud and IOT and AI and all these things that in there is data and mm -hmm. in there should be data governance. So I'm wondering how does a book help organizations, not just digitally transform their business, quote unquote, but the data governance of the business alongside it. Mm -hmm. Well, the question then is, is what drives people towards this topic and, and makes it a priority? Well, first of all, a regulated environment, you know, uh, is, is definitely a major driver. Um, you, you know, again, to sort of stress if you're if you're handling healthcare data or financial information uh, and there's a whole lot of other industries where you have to be compliant or you get large fines. And in some cases, the, uh, leaders can go to prison. You know, it's that it's that serious uh, if you don't manage your business and your data correctly. Um, or you do things that are just not allowed or appropriate, right? You break the law. Um, so there, that's a driver uh, in of itself. Um, some, many, many organizations are struggling with data. They, they, they don't know, for example, um, uh, how best to organize around uh, cybersecurity requirements and privacy requirements. Um, and they, they certainly are struggling now with using data as a an asset towards uh, innovation and growth um so that that's a little bit of a, a of a drive here so the, what i made the case early in the book around is you know why why data governance right number one is compliance and regular regulatory needs uh, three is cybersecurity. you know four is is innovation and and business growth and there's a, a longer list of of other things but those are pretty you know pretty important very important um, yeah. At, you know, I, well, if I wanted I could to just pause say, you quick. Yeah, oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, please. Well, I was yeah. maybe you're going to get yeah. there. My apologies. I just wanted to say, as a kind of, because sometimes this can be abstract, right? It can be a little bit sort of. I can't, I'm not. I'm not quite getting it. One of the ways that you can get it is, can can you can a person find the data they need within the organization, and when they find it, what do they know about it? Is it current? Who who does the data belong to? Who can see it? You know. Those are two questions that a lot of organizations can't answer well, you know, that they can't find the data within their enterprise and they don't know anything about it, assuming they can't find it, right? And data governance solves both of those problems. Yeah. Do we have it? Don't we have it? Why do we have it? Why don't we have it? <laughs> <laughs> or why why don't we have it? Or why do we have it? Is probably another question. And yes, I, I was kind of going to that point because if, if we we're on my show, Redefining Cybersecurity, I often draw people all the way up front to say if we can look at security as we're defining the business outcome we might choose to develop the business in a different way using technology of course so i have that similar thought here of course because that's just how my brain works but if we can look at the data governance requirements in a clear, concise way, as I presume you present in the book, perhaps we would develop the technology in a different way, using a different stack, collecting 
and generating data in different ways only where we need to and not where it might put us at risk or expose us to things we don't want to be exposed to. Yeah. At that point, because you said a lot of companies are struggling with, I don't know, how they store the data, who maintaining access to the data. If yeah. if you define that in a, in a good way to begin with, you kind of eliminate some of the headache perhaps downstream. I think that's right. Uh, the limitation in the short term is that you're often sort of backing into an existing environment. So if you if you run a medium to large size business, you, you don't really have the luxury of redesigning quickly. Um, and so many organizations have grown, certainly in the technology stack organically. I mean, the last few years have, have been sort of chaos and mayhem, right? As, as individuals have used their credit card to buy cloud services. I mean, most organizations don't even know what they have or where the data is or who's using it. Now, there's some good tools, good some really good cybersecurity tools that are emerging that are helping with that, bringing some order to the chaos, right? Um, so what you're doing, what you're really saying is, so the company says, we've kind of been informally doing data governance, but now we want to actually move to a formal data governance program. And I hope lots of businesses will make that choice and they need to make that choice. I know that their leaders want that because the data tells us really, really clearly that leaders want their businesses to be data driven, you know, regulated, compliant and innovation, you know, focused. Uh, so data governance is, is a very big part of that. Um, so now you decide, Hey, we want to do this more formally. And my book goes through the steps, you know, you've got to have a data strategy. Look, if you're listening to this and you have anything to do with this uh, topic, uh, does your organization have a data strategy, like a well-understood, articulated, up-to-date one that you're executing on? Um, that's a good, if you don't, and it's okay if you don't, because so many don't, let's change that. Let's create a sort of a, a vision for what the role of data is, uh, roles and responsibilities, you know, budgeting, the tools, the training, all the stuff that will make you into an organization that uh, values and recognizes data as your your number one asset, um, and then you build from that, you know, uh, broadly a an enterprise architecture, right? Which is more to your point. If you have agreement on that and the solutions within that, now you're making that migration over time. You're buying different tools. You're architecting your your APIs in a certain way, uh, and over some time with the right amount of investment, you're trending in the right direction. You know, it, that's the best case scenario. So as you're describing that now, I'm thinking the word, the word governance. Um, once you start to put going backwards, a plan in place <laughs> and an architecture and a design and yeah. somebody overseeing it all, um, Formal processes can weigh things down, perhaps um, yes. block things. Uh, I know cybersecurity processes that they they're often viewed as the department of no, right? And governance kind of leaves me with that that similar taste. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about that. If if yeah. that is reality, and if so, how does how does an organization overcome that? That's a good, no, I love it. That's very insightful. That question. This is one of the reasons why leaders do push back on this before they do it or before they fully understand it. Uh, you know, uh, some, you know, some advisor, you know, some, uh, you know, leader comes in front of the 
C-suite or the board and says, we need to implement data governance, immediately what everyone thinks is, oh my goodness, more overhead, more bureaucracy, it's going to slow us down, less innovation. I talk about this in the book, how to overcome this. That, that, so there's a number of ways we can think about it. Small organizations need, need not worry about that, small to medium. Data governance can be very light touch, very lightweight. Having some uh, a modicum of, of light policies, uh, some defined roles and responsibilities of existing staff, I'm not talking about you know, hiring new staff, um, a better appreciation of the role of data. Those things actually can be and should be implemented uh, in a lightweight fashion. And in fact, because the other thing people think about is this is going to be expensive, right? It's going to be cost us a fortune. You don't even have to buy, you know, you know, incredibly expensive tools. Uh, a lot of a lot can be achieved with the existing tool sets you have, or some very low cost, you know, uh, cloud-based solutions. Um, so again, not a lot of cost and not a lot of overhead for those small to medium businesses. So uh, immediately, I want to put your mind at ease. You can get real good results with uh, light effort. Now, as we enter into the big companies. The big, big, you know, the the big tech, the big healthcare, the big uh, automotive companies, and you know, the, the, the multi-billion-dollar businesses. There is complexity there, and there are massive risks, but there's also big innovation demands. Um, so, so you're going to have a higher degree of formality in the bigger organizations. Some of it will be absolutely required, again, so you comply, um, and some of it will be will be by choice. But I was very conscious of this question and this thought as I wrote this book, because I don't want to be the bureaucrat. I don't want to be the guy who sort of imposes unnecessary overhead because that just doesn't feel like I'm adding value. You know, I want to be the person who said, how can you do this so you get all the benefits, but without a lot of the downsides? As you pointed out in the question, we have to have cybersecurity today. We have to have cybersecurity. And so it doesn't co come without any cost. It's not free. It, it does impose a burden. And, and, and how you do that is up to each organization, what level of burden there is. Data governance at the big company level is going to impose a slightly higher degree of rigor. That is a type of burden. Um, but you've got to design it right and work with the right people to make that happen and use the right tools. Some of it, like, for example, a uh, the being able to find the right data thus that you can analyze it and get better results and be more data driven that's worth having the overhead right because <laughs> leaders want that they want to know the answers they want to be able to make better decisions so it's a trade-off you want the benefits yeah we know it's going to be a little bit more rigorous uh uh you know early in the in the processes and i have a zillion questions in my mind but uh we're, we're coming up close to uh the time here. Sure. I, I want to, yeah, I want to take it to this point and I don't know how much of this you get into in the book. Um, so some of this data certainly is IP, right? Company information that the company wants to protect. Um, but in, in this data set within an organization, there is employee data, there is partner data and most certainly customer data if we're doing a B to C or a B to yeah, or a G to C, right? The citizen, <laughs> um, in your, in your, uh, in your government, uh, stint, you know that. So uh, how does the, the end user 
regardless of who they are and the role they play in this, uh, how, how do they fit into this, uh, this, this picture? I know there are regulations designed to help protect, but you, you early on you talked about Web three, which is in part a big push to give data control back to the user in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. So it, I don't know. Maybe maybe the question for you is: in the book, do you get into some of the preparations for the future, like mm -hmm. things like Web three? Maybe that's a better question uh, to keep it on track with with the book. Yeah, no, no, appreciate that. Yeah, the, the Web3, the decentralized web, as it's been called, and um, you know, moving the ownership of data from, the, from big tech back to the individual. Yeah, we're at the beginning of this. We're, we're, we're right at the start as we speak in 2023. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a positive direction, I think, personally. Um, you know, the, even the, the orig originators of the web um, are disappointed by what happened. Right, that that big tech sort of sucked up all our data and, and sort of monetized it, and we lost control. Um, that was, I don't think, what they were thinking would happen, but of course it happened. And now we're we have to fix that or take a different direction. So um, I consider us near the start of this. Um, it's moving quickly, though. Of course, innovating we're innovating at a manic pace. Um, so yes, I do touch on it in the book as as a as an area of interest of an area that is going to evolve rapidly in the months and years ahead. Fortunately, by the way, um, these dummies books are have multiple, you know, have revisions quite often. So, you know, if this topic changes radically in the next two to three years, you'll, you'll, you'll find another version of my book being made available. Um, so I, I, I definitely touch in, I definitely touch on things like uh, blockchain, um, uh, internet of things, AI, uh, you know, the, the, the emergent technologies that have a, a very strong data component to it and, um, and how you might think about those things through the lens of data governance. I love it. And the, the, to me, those are the magic words. How do you think about it? And, mm -hmm. and, and before you, before you can answer the, how you think about it, you have to actually start thinking about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so uh, I would encourage everybody to not wait for the next revision. There, there's no. plenty Plenty to uh, understand now and deal with now. So data governance for dummies. Look at that. Uh, for those watching the, the video podcast, you can see the, uh, the nice flipping of the pages. <laughs> of the yeah. 300 plus page book that uh, you've put together, Jonathan. Now you're amazing. Uh, it's always a treat chatting with you. Any, anything, final words you want to share before, uh, before we wrap up? Well, first of all, thank you for the privilege of taking some of your time to have this opportunity to share my book and my thoughts. Um, I never take it that for granted. So, so thank you very much for the great work you do and for this opportunity. Uh, the book is available everywhere. You know, uh, I, I would encourage you to find it at your local bookstore or uh, you know, brick and mortar retail. But if you can't, uh, it's definitely online as well. Uh, so um, you can you can uh, just do a search data governance for dummies it's easy to find and i hope you enjoy it and, and if you buy it and it's useful to you uh, write a review and let me know what you think thank you absolutely and for those for those listening we'll be sure to include uh, all your links to your social profiles and a link to the book um, either through directly or through your website or however however we find best to do that but uh, we, we won't make it hard for folks <laughs> to find that piece of data uh, for them to learn so uh Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thank you, 
Jonathan, for uh, another great chat here on Redefining Technology on ITSP Magazine. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Technology Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.